بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome listeners to another edition of Living the Legacy um, As life goes on, we become so consumed with our daily lives Our routines, our schedules, our long, never-ending lists of do's and don'ts and things to get done we often forget that our parents are aging as time goes by and many people will have their parents moving in with them um, perhaps just before Ramadan right and at the time that this program will air uh, will inshallah be just a month away from Ramadan and uh, there's a big adjustment that takes place when it comes to bonding when it comes to creating that connection with aging parents. Those dynamics change as we get older and as our parents age as well. Today on the program, our guests will be taking us through a very important and interesting topic. And I encourage you to stay with us and to benefit fully from this. The topic is navigating relationships with aging parents. Our guest today is Sister Sumeya Abu Bakr Isuf. Sumeya is a holistic health specialist with a background in kinesiology, holistic nutrition, alfia healing, and NLP life coaching. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. And we're no doubt, as always, we benefit so much from her sharing, from the perspective she gives to us. There's always so much for us to think about, plenty of food for thought. Sister Sumeya, assalamu alaikum, and welcome back to Radio Islam. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khairan afarihana. Alhamdulillah, I'm happy to be back on air. And inshallah, may there be khairan barakah. Ameen. Ameen, ya Rabb. Ameen, ameen. Now, what makes this topic so interesting um, is you had suggested this topic to our producer, Sister Mumtaz. So I'm wondering, why did you feel the need to bring up this topic at this moment. Tell us more, please. So, Hafiza, um, I'm an old soul. So when I say I'm an old soul, I have an affinity to like to be with the elderly people. And when I was younger, I, now when I look back, I realize I was always like that. You know, when girls get married, they have their friends of a similar age that have a tea party or a bridal shower or something mm-hmm. for the bride. For me, it was a group of elderly ladies that had a tea party for me. And my dad, my dad was so chuffed. My late dad was so chuffed. He says, oh, you're golden girls. And you know, I was so young and, you know, like they say, like naive that you didn't realize there's a greater wisdom here. So, yes, if there's anything that has inspired me to bring this topic up, it's because of my affinity for the elderly and my love and respect as well. And inshallah, my intention of being on air is to bring in this muhabba or this unity or this love between us, the adults, our children and the elderly in the community, inshallah. Allah, such a beautiful intention. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fulfill it completely. Ameen. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant your late dad and all the marhumin maghfirah, nur in their qubur, and jannatul firdaus. Ameen, ya Rabb. Ameen. Ameen. Allahumma ameen. Now, in Islam, we understand that family kinship is of the utmost importance. 
And as our lives tend to move, and we are moving at such fast pace um, in this world, we and we focus on building our families, mm-hmm. our own uh, nucleus, our children, our uh, you know grandchildren, if such. We tend by default to spend less time with our aging parents. Uh, so, Sister why is learning to navigate this family dynamic so important? And maybe you could give us some tips on how we can all, um, you know, find this bond, this connection with our parents, please. So, Hafida, you know, um, there's a hadith, um, maybe you can help us with this hadith where Nabi Wasallam has um, shared with us the status of the elderly and how close they are to Allah Ta'ala. You know, when they reach a certain age, they're so close that they are, all their du'as are accepted. And also, you know, with my dad being late and my father-in-law also being late, it makes me want to revive the sunnah of when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has also said that, you know what, it's such a gift that you can give to your parents for you to be in touch with their friends, with their siblings after they've passed on. So if there's anything that can encourage us to want to revive this bond, then I would say, Bismillah, let's start here. Um, so again, that will bring us to intention. Why do you want to bond with our parents? Why? So when we, when we talk about the elderly, it's not only about my parents or my husband's parents, my spouse's parents. It's also about the elderly out there. We have people in our communities, our teachers, um, our abbas, everyone in our community that is elderly. I, I believe and I feel like it's so important to create a bond with them. So why would you want to create this intention? You know, the reason why I highlight this why is because again, we get so caught up as in, yeah, this is my obligation. This is what needs to be done. Um, But let's look deeper because you know, when we look at ourselves and our parents and we try and do for them and they trigger us. I want to be there for my mom. I want to be there for my dad. I want to be there for my in-laws. But I'm not getting that same, uh, I'm not getting that same feeling back from them. Actually, I'm getting rejection. And you know, um, as, as much as Islamically, we like to highlight the fact that we mustn't make an oof you know, an off sound to our parents, but we also need to be realistic within ourselves that sometimes we also trigger our parents. There's some things, our behaviors that we have that our parents don't really like them. Um, mm. So when we, you know, so when we say I want to create a bond, but please ask yourself, why are you creating this bond? Are you doing it solely for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala? Or are you doing it out of fear? Are you doing it out of obligation? Are you doing it out of feelings of guilt? Because then if that's somewhere there, then I'm not sure if we're doing it solely for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. so if there's anything I can share as a tip, as number one, highlight number one, is please check your intention. 
absolutely, inshallah. Checking that niyyah, checking that intention is so important for us. Ameen. May Allah remind us of this and may we make the niyyah center of everything we do, inshallah. Um, uh The way that this world is going now, we're finding that there are rising economical costs. Um, And this may be one of the reasons that we find parents um, moving in with their children, vice versa. It helps to save those costs. It's not as affordable as it was in the past to buy or even rent one's own house or apartment. And then we've got Ramadan around the corner. Now, being a son-in-law or daughter-in-law, how can one navigate this sort of bond with the parents that have moved in? And we all know it's so different living with your parents when you are 10 years old and then when you are 30 years old, for example. <laughs> yeah, see, that's why I meant like we trigger each other. You know, it, we have to be realistic, Hafeza. We really have to be realistic. We genuinely all want to make khidmah of our parents, but yo, sometimes it can be testing. Wallah, it can be mm. testing, but you genuinely want to try. And a, you feel rejected because, you know, it's so funny when you're, a, when you're an adult, as much as you're 30, 40, when you're with your parent, you become the child again. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. It's so weird. But it, you become the child again. I want my mom's approval. I want to tell her to tell me, oh, you, this is so nice. Yeah. You did this so nicely. And you don't always get that. You don't always get that. So moving in is so a huge... Us, okay. uh, yeah, tell us a bit more about that. Like now, yeah. you're moving in well, now with you. your parents. They <laughs> are moving in with you. And then what happens if now it's your in-laws that you're staying with, like your mother-in-law, father-in-law? Now, what are some of the things we need to take into consideration? We think it's uh, it's natural, it'll come to us. But really, you know, it's, it's complex sometimes. There's different relationship dynamics. And in as many people as there are, we all have our own nafs and ego. So what, should, what are some of the things we need to take into consideration? Enlighten us, please. Let's be honest with ourselves. First and foremost, let's be honest with ourselves of our own personal relationships with our own immediate families, whether it's me with my spouse or me with my kids, and now having an in-law or a parent moving in with us, it's a huge adjustment for everybody involved. And it's not necessarily like we say typically that, oh, it's an in-laws thing. Sometimes the kids don't get along with their own parents, but the in-laws get along better with the spouse, you know. So I would say, please, communication. Communication with each other as your nuclear family and communication as in Mashwera with your elderly parents who are moving in with you. It's so important to communicate. Let's do the three Ds. Don't dodge difficult situations. Don't dodge difficult discussions. Rather do it now while you have time before Ramadan. Discuss with each other what your routine is, what your expectations are. And even if the discussions feel like they're difficult, please just remind yourself of your intention and continue through because it's better to have discussed it up front instead of now you know when you some walk into some homes yo there's tension in the air 
but everyone mm. seems cordial and okay, but you can feel something is not right here, there's tension in the air. So especially coming towards Ramadan, we want to invite Baraka. So please, let's have those difficult discussions right now. Make mashwara with your spouses, with your children, with the elderly parents that are moving in with you and discuss each other's needs as well, meaning like what you prefer to have, what you prefer to eat, um, your routine. It's so important. Imagine I go and serve porridge for breakfast. Now I'm talking here from experience. I grew up having porridge, um, oats porridge or soji porridge for breakfast. And I, for me till today, for me, that's like a wholesome, welcoming breakfast thing. But I'll give you an example where for, for my husband's mom, she will feel like, but porridge is not enough for her. So can you imagine, for me, it's like I'm showing you my love, you're making for you fresh porridge, and she might turn around and say, what is this porridge? I don't eat porridge for breakfast. And I can turn around and feel hurt, but I made it with so much of love. And then she will feel like, but you didn't take me into consideration. How I'm going to starve on you with porridge. <laughs> so you know, it's these types of things. that It's a small thing. But it's a significant thing that if you don't have these discussions from the beginning, it can build up and fester into unnecessary conflict. And yes, and that example is such a perfect example, so practical that you mentioned. And it just crossed my mind. Maybe Allah Ta'ala wanted me to share, but I'm for sure. sure. An example so it's where so I'm yeah, like I'm doing it out of love because that is what mm. I know. But that is probably not somebody else's like the way that they receive love or nourishment. So it's like, oh, then can you see it creates an unnecessary friction. And then you bring the spouse in and then it's like, mm. yo, you know, your spouse doesn't care about me. It's like, what a muggage. And then the kids are yeah. sitting there and then there's tension in the air and they're feeling like, but we're so used to porridge. What's the big drama here? And especially mm -hmm. if your kids are young, you, it's creating unnecessary friction. So let's be honest with each other and have our difficult discussions and communicate, please. Let's communicate. And if you feel like you're getting heated up, this is what I mean by triggers. If you feel like you're getting heated up, take a deep belly breath in and read your durood and breathe out. So that is called grounding. And if somebody triggers you, the word trigger means that someone has said something that has brought up an emotional wound within yourself. So it's not necessarily that that person has purposely come and hurt you. It's more like, okay, what unhealed part of me has come up? You know, especially if it's with your parents, okay, so my mom said, nah, she pushed me away, okay, so for me, Samaya, as a child, what unhealed part of me is coming up here? Maybe I wanted some acknowledgement, okay, so how am I going to acknowledge myself so that I can stay grounded within myself, so that I can come back to that niya of doing it for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Wallahi, it works. I've seen it, especially in this last year, where when I look, work within myself or see what is being 
shaken or brought up within me that is unhealed and it helps me to connect and ground. It helps me to connect back to Allah Ta'ala and it gives me that extra motivation to do more for my elderly parent. Whether they acknowledge it or not, whether they um, say Jazakallah or whatever or not, then it does not matter because you know my heart is connected to Allah Ta'ala. And it's so much more fulfilling that way. And another way to navigate when you're bringing in an elderly is, never mind how young or old your kids are, um, involve them. When my mm. kids were younger, I used to still send them to their daddy. It doesn't matter what was happening between us, whether things were like a bit tense or things were a bit cordial. It doesn't matter what it was, but I would send my kids when they were younger because children are connected to Allah Ta'ala, they are, they are masu. And they would happily run up and down to their daddy and they would come back with tummy falls with tea and all of that. And now they are much, much older. I can see how they are willing to, if I need to convey a message, but I'm preoccupied with something else, they are now, they have that relationship already now with their grandparents to say, you know what, this is the message from our mom for you, or this is what we're doing, what do you think? So you involve your kids in a nice way, so that it also, I don't want to say creates a buffer, but it also helps to maintain that bond without you feeling the overload of how am I going to handle this matter? How am I going to handle the situation? So again, it's about being honest with yourself, what your limitations are, what your capabilities are. <laughs> That's so beautiful. I'm so glad you mentioned that. This is May about the, um, you know, if you and your in-laws your parents have some type of a current, uh, like little conflict or disagreement or even something bigger that escalated. Don't involve the children. Don't make the children, you know, be stuck now between mother and grandparents. Um, they should be the ones having to bear the brunt for that tension between the adults. Um, that's such a beautiful lesson. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Um, you know, you've shared beautiful tips on how to ground, how to take that belly breath if we triggered, and then read Salawat to Rucheri, and um, and then come back to the present moment, and that's so important. Um, let's talk about when we were younger. So our parents were there for us, um, you know, and they did so much for us. But now as they're getting older. Uh, and there's this whole aging going on physically, maybe mentally for them. It can be very overwhelming for our parents. And um, with Ramadan coming up, many will try to do more than fasting. And like you mentioned, it's important before Ramadan comes that we talk to them, we talk to each other, and don't just assume, right? And at the same time, we see things from their perspective. Mm. And that we are not the one making the choice for them when it comes to ibadah or fasting and saying, oh, no, I don't think you can be fasting. I don't think you can manage to uh, to, to to go for tarawih every night, that type of thing. Um, yeah, how do, we, how do we navigate that? Like, we, we're looking out for their well-being. We're concerned they don't get exhausted. But they also, in that advanced age, feel like, you know, this could be my last Ramadan. I may not have many more Ramadans. So where do we, how do we talk about this in a, in, a, in a dignified way with adab to our parents or in-laws? 
this is such a sensitive thought. You know, um, for us adult parents, for us as adults to watch our parents aging, especially I've noticed with a lot of elderly people since COVID, shoo, I can't, I, I'm still in shock to see how suddenly people have aged in those last two years. I can't, I still get like, you know, tears in my eyes when I think about it. I look at my mom, I look at the elderly people around me and I'm thinking, like seriously and then you know it's as much as it's difficult for us to accept that our parents are aging it's equally if maybe even more difficult for them to realize within themselves that you know what there's certain things I really can't manage anymore and because they they feel like it might be their last Ramadan they feel like they want to push a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And this takes a, sure, it's also a test for us as adults because we want to encourage them, but at the same time, we are worried for them. And then also, we do tend to get impatient. We do tend to feel like, come on, you know you can't manage. Oh, I told you it's not good for you. I told you you won't manage. But it hurts them. It really hurts them. So, how would we do this? How, did, how would I do it with my mom? So, initially, it was this push-pull with my mom where, okay, I really want to do this for you and I know you can't manage this. Let me just help you. And I was getting pushed back and it hurt. So, I had to come back to my own ground itself and then Eventually, what I learned is that allow them to be. It's mm-hmm. tough for us, but allow them to be. You know, I, I'm not sure where this came from, but I did hear somewhere when people become older, they become like children again. When I mean like children again, meaning like, you know, sometimes when a, a young child is, if you want to call it throwing a tantrum, what do you do? You can't reason with them. You just have to allow it to pass and allow them the space to realize, okay, this is not working for me. So mm-hmm. likewise, as much as it hurts us as adults to see our parent kind of like, if I put it in inverted commas, hurting themselves, we need to also realize that the more we're going to explain to them, the more we're going to push them, the more they're going to push back. So how Mm. about saying, I understand. I know you really want to try. How about let us take it one day at a time. One day at a time. And if there's anything I can do to assist you or to make you feel more comfortable or at ease, then you are most welcome to tell me. And sometimes some parents feel it even difficult to ask their own children to help them, not because of pride. It's only because they are used to being the parent and the giver that it's difficult now for them to accept from their child as much as their child is an adult. So we as adults need to realize they're not rejecting us. It's just that dynamic of a parent and a child. So how about saying, okay, what are you comfortable with? What can, what external resources can we bring in for you? And 
at the same time give them a dua like you know for them to suddenly not be able to or not even suddenly but it comes on over time and they don't realize it um but they realize it especially in ramadan or in umrah for example where there's a lot of walking and now in ramadan you spend a lot of time in ibadah and not eating then these things come to light so um i kind of lost track but anyway so it's when this comes in so you would make that dua for them and you give them the dua oh my ma oh oh my daddy or whoever may allah taala always keep you with iman allah taala never ever make you mortage of anyone and that is gold for them that is really gold for them because the getting old and be, becoming dependent on other people is a huge fear for them so give them that dua and sometimes you feel like okay but they need emotional help they're not coping even emotionally and something about ramadan brings up our emotions as well um and sometimes they they feel like but i'm fine there's nothing wrong with me this you know why you keep telling me to go for therapy there's nothing wrong with me so you may give them that dua and say may allah console your heart with whatever it's carrying inside it whatever it is and i've seen it myself how even that in itself it it kind of like lowers their defenses so this secret if i can share online secret then it's this you give them the dua and then and then it's like it reduces their defenses once the defenses are low it's like i'm not going to retaliate or or react then bismillah inshallah they will start to become more responsive to you and slowly slowly you will see how they'll actually open up to you for the little things and when they mm-hmm. open up to those little things for you do it with love renew your intention and don't remind them that i helped you with this do like it's one of those normal things another secret so you do <laughs> like it's one of those normal things that way uh, they they feel like they've got their dignity still it's such a sensitive uh, time for them it's such a sensitive time for them allah taala make it easy i mean it is it is but you've given us such wonderful tips here that can help us all go a long way alhamdulillah Inshallah. Our parents have looked after us when we were small. The du'a of the Quran, where we ask Allah have mercy on them, to uh, you know, as they had mercy to us when we were small. They took care of us when we were ill. They clothed, fed, educated us, and now we're older. Many of our elders are now seeking that comfort or sympathy, and it can leave uh, the adult child maybe frustrated. How? Do you suggest as a Samaya we navigate the situation? What can we do to help our aged parents feel needed um, and feel loved? Mm-hmm. So this was actually a very nice question. I actually like this question, Hafiza, because um, we all get along with different people at different levels. Okay, so maybe. there's something about me that doesn't we have an emotional cup right we, we all have an emotional cup or a love tank if that's what you know call it and it gets filled 
horizontally from the people around us and vertically from above from Allah Ta'ala. So we are the horizontal people that fill the love tank of our elderly um, community people, our parents and everyone. And we all have different love languages. So what happens, especially, it's not only in-laws. I've seen it in my practice where it's not only where it's in-laws where there's rejection and that miscommunication of you don't do for me. Sometimes it's also as parents. So how about, let me start with myself, okay? Like how I had mentioned in the, in the friendship, navigating friendships with my kids, how about I apply this to myself with elderly people, okay? So where am I feeling welcome? It might not be with my elderly parents, and that's okay. So where do I feel welcome? Hmm. Maybe it's that auntie that stays somewhere in my community, or maybe it's that up I had in school, or maybe it's my mom's sister, or it's my mom's cousin. It doesn't matter about anybody elderly where you feel welcome, okay? Mm. So you go there, and you fill their love tank with love because you know that they're so open to it and they receive it and they love it. Go and fill it. And when you see them accepting your love, wallahi, I've seen it within myself how it also makes me feel loved and appreciated. So even when I go back to my elderly parent who's living with me, not living with me, my in-law, living with me, not living with me, even if I go and put that drop of love there, it doesn't hurt as much to not be acknowledged or um, accepted. But I know I've done my part, my my duty, if you want to call it that, but I have done my revival of a sunnah by filling their love tank. And then likewise, if I'm the elderly person, I... Maybe I don't click with my elder children. Maybe I don't click with my adult in-law, you know, and that's okay. Let me open myself up to receiving love from elsewhere. And can we please do a favor to each other? When somebody does for me, don't say, but my daughter-in-law doesn't even do for me like this. And if I go somewhere, I must say, oh, my mom doesn't even accept. I wish my mom accepted love like this from me. Can we please stop? Can we please stop with that? How about reshifting that and saying, alhamdulillah, my love is accepted there. And it makes me feel so good. And I can come back and give and give here, a little bit here, a little bit here, because I'm doing it for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. And I carry on. And then I go and fill another cup again. And then I carry on and I come and fill my cup here again of the elderlies around me. And then I go somewhere else where I'm feeling loved. And I come back here. So it's like we fill our love cups or emotional cups in different places. That does not obligate ourselves by limiting ourselves. Allah Ta'ala has created us as social beings. We are, we are, we live in a digital world. It's not only just a global village, it's a digital village here. Open up in the love out there so that it fills your emotional cup well enough for you to be able to share with those around you. 
so that you don't get empty, you don't get frustrated, and you can still carry on long term, even beyond Ramadan, not only for Ramadan, but even beyond Ramadan. And I can, you know, again, it brings me back to where we, our kids watch us. Even if our kids are much older, our kids watch us. And it's mm-hmm. fine even if the spouses get along or don't get along with their parents, but you are doing your part besides it being an obligation, the form of what is expected of us in our deen, but we're doing it for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Just imagine you're doing it for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, not because Allah commanded you. There's a different weight, there's a different energy, there's a different feeling when you do it because for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. That's all. Absolutely. Let's talk a bit about our dads, Sister Sabaya, because often when we talk about the aged and the elderly, uh, what comes to mind for many is their mums. Mm-hmm. But often we don't talk about the elderly dads. And some of us may have a relationship where, with our dads where we only said a few words. You know, when it was all the everyday life stories, that was all of mum. But with dad, it was maybe more just discipline. Uh, it was very basic, that connection. Also that our fathers have grown up differently to us and our children. And we've just grown accustomed to that relationship where there's not much said with the father. And I've heard from many sisters who say, look, my mom has passed away, my dad's moved in with us, and I don't know how to connect with him because we haven't said more than just the basics. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I find this very, very important for us to discuss, and I am really looking forward to learning from you how can we now foster that conversation between parent and child and maybe specifically fathers and children to help each other to connect, to bond in their elderly age, please. I appreciate this question, Hafida. Um, for me personally, it's something new or different in a sense where Alhamdulillah, my dad was quite involved and even my late dad was quite involved. But when I look into my practice, I have also come across a lot of sisters, a lot of children where there hasn't been this connection with the dads. And it's like that missing gap. It's, it's, it becomes so uncomfortable or painful. It's painful in a different way. It's almost like a void. When it comes to moms, there's a certain expectation. And when we're growing up, traditionally, it was that the dad went out and worked long hours. And when he would come home, he would be tired and he would just eat and do what he needed to do and then go to sleep. And a mom did everything. So it was almost a, a, I don't know, I don't want to say cultural thing, but more like a society expectation that this is how it is. And reality is that things change now. The mom is not there now, it's the dad. And you can see the dad is aging and you want to reach out to him. How would you reach out to him? So I would start, if it was me, I would start with the small things. Small talk, the small things, because like you mentioned, there was already small talk. So it's alhamdulillah. Not at all, not to say there's no communication at all. So there is small talk. So 
So let's start small. Let's start with that small talk. How are you? How are you feeling? Um, and then take it a little bit further each day. So you now like connect with your own inner child and take that little step. You know, like how when kids like tiptoe and try and see what's dad's mood like, what's mom's mood like, <laughs> then you now you're also going to act like that child within yourself, in the adult self and tiptoe and see, okay, so daddy's a little bit more chirpy today. Okay, let me ask him a little bit more and say, okay, so when you were younger, what did you do or what did you enjoy? So it's the small things. And what I found with the elderly, we like to say they just say the same thing over and over and over again. But when you ask them a small thing about when they were growing up or when they were younger, you must see that spark. If it's not mm-hmm. a spark, then you might see something. You will see a response if or an emotion, but you will see a shuffle. Then you know. Okay, let me dig a little bit more. And say, okay. And then they share with you. And then again, gauge the moment and say, maybe if I can ask a little bit more questions and then see. And then you will know when they feel like, okay, I'm not used to this enough for the day. And then you let it go. So that's what I mean by that small talk, but you watch the mood and then you add the little steps. And then also, when you get a moment or just by observation, notice where even if they don't show emotion, but you see that little smile or you see that shift of like relaxation when you've done something for them, that will tell you a little bit of how they feel loved. So communication doesn't necessarily mean about me and you speaking to each other communication can come across as the little gestures and you taking note of what moves them what makes them look more at ease what makes them feel more comfortable and inshallah you will start to see small baby steps small talk take it baby steps observe them and see what it is about you that you are doing that creates that comfortable look in them and then you take it a little bit further and also again bringing in if there are children involved here bring your children into the picture and just share with them hey daddy you know that my age is this size my 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 child is this age now um, and they're asking me this, um, if it was me or if it was your child at this age, how would you have responded? Mm-hmm. And you will actually get gems. I know my, my late father-in-law, I remember my son was two then, and he told me, just leave him, let him play. You know, obviously, with your first child, you kind of want to faff around them and you want them to be good children and not make a noise and this and that. And my late father-in-law, I I still think of that, especially because he passed away in Ramadan. And that night before he passed away, um, he told me to just let my son be, just let him play. And he was also like not someone full of stories, but those are little gems you will pick up. So ask your father okay so if this was your child and they would come with to you with this question or this is how they're behaving 
how would you respond to it? Mm. Inshallah, I hope that helps. Inshallah, I hope it helps. I'm sure it does, definitely. I found it very beneficial. And it really takes us back to the sunnah way of doing things, to have that empathy, to have that compassion, to have that love and tolerance and respect for each other. And that's often something that's so missing from our relationship dynamics because we are so busy trying to model uh, relationship dynamics that we hear or read about in social media or from people who don't have the foundation of Quran and Sunnah. Mm. And that's where we miss out a lot on that barakah and that humility that relationships teach us about ourselves and others. Absolutely. Sister Zamea, you've shared such amazing gems with us today. Uh, and I know for myself, and I'm sure for many of our listeners, uh, they will want to go back to this podcast and listen to it again and to draw from this this, this hikmah that you've shared with us. And may Allah increase you in that hikmah. Ameen, ameen. Ameen, ameen. Uh, but if I can be greedy once more and just ask you, <laughs> what would you your nasiha be with us? You know, we're... By the time this program is, we will be one month and a few days away from Ramadan. We've talked about something so important today that's hardly spoken about. You've brought up such pertinent issues, but given us such simple, practical, heartfelt solutions. And we're so grateful for that. What would your advice be to us? I know you, you work with so many people from different backgrounds. Your field of work takes you to help people improve their holistic health and well-being. What would your advice be to us today, please? My dua, my heart's dua is, you know, we make this dua when we have kids. We say, may, may Allah Ta'ala make your children the coolness of your eyes. When I look at my kids, I tell my kids, may Allah Ta'ala make me the coolness of your eyes when I'm in my old age. Amen. <laughs> so it's like we make that to our children must be the coolness of our eyes, but may we also be the coolness of our children's eyes. Coolness as in we help heal each other in a sense where I know I make mistakes as parents. I know my parents have made mistakes. Let's forgive each other. Every parent has done the best that they can and could with the resources that they had. Oh Allah, have mercy on my parents. Let us forgive our parents for their shortcomings. In turn, we make dua that Allah forgives us for our shortcomings as parents, and may we all be coolness of each other's eyes. May I be coolness of my parents' eyes. May I be coolness of my children's eyes. Amen. Amen. How beautiful, mashallah. How beautiful. And I'll definitely be including that in my dua uh, daily as well. It's been such such a pleasure and, and an honor uh, to learn from you to go into a topic that is very sensitive, but you've really made it so simple for us to understand and to go back as always to the Quran and to the Sunnah. As we know, Nabi Sallallahu said, one way of showing highness to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is to honor the elderly Muslim. And in another narration, Nabi Sallallahu said, he is not from us who does not have mercy on our young and reverence for our elders. Allahu Akbar. Mm-hmm. And then Nabi Sallallahu taught us the younger should greet the older first. Subhanallah. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those who take care of um, 
uh, of the elderly and who honor them. And that Rasul had said, um, you know, whoever, words to the effect, whoever humiliates an elder, he shall not die until Allah makes someone insult him and humiliate him when he gets older. So may we be of those that honor the elderly amongst us, those that have passed on, may we make dua for them and send the Rasulullah to them constantly. Ameen, Ya Rab, Ameen. Such a pleasure learning from you on a topic like this, so important. I'm so glad we got to hear from you on this topic before Ramadan because that is part of cleaning and preparing our hearts, not just our ibadah, not just making up our qada, fast and salah, but the hearts. How are we preparing the hearts for Ramadan? And so much of that preparation of the heart has to do with the um, with our relationship dynamics. So for our listeners who would like to be in touch with you, who would like to benefit from your services, and I think before Ramadan is such an ideal time to work through any of our emotional healing and wellness, how can they be in touch with you, please? Alhamdulillah, again, back to the digital world. Um, you can, people can connect with me, our listeners can connect with me on WhatsApp. My number is 084-660-3829. Alternatively, they can send me an email, Sumeya with a double Y, A. Um, so it's sumeya.aisop at gmail.com. We're living a digital world. Let's embrace the opportunity to not limit yourselves that, oh, she's so far away. No. Bismillah. Set your intention. Once you set your intention, Allah Ta'ala will open up the way for you, inshallah. Ameen. Alhamdulillah, most definitely. Jazakumullah khair to you, Sister Sumaya, for taking out your time and sharing with us. And no doubt your clients are very, very blessed to have your your, your experience, your, your wisdom that you share so generously and really impacts on people's lives. And I've no doubt that this interview, this topic, discussion today will definitely have people rethinking their relationship dynamics and how to navigate their relationship with aging parents. Jazakumullah khairan to you and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallah fi, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.